December 12, 2022. It's a lot for Pedro show. Uh, you claim that you were trying to, to get, a, a, as I understood it, a, a more beautiful sound. What I do you mean to. with that? Well, I, I hope to play uh, not necessarily a more beautiful sound, though I, I would like to, uh, you know, just say tone-wise, I would like to be able to, to produce a more beautiful sound. But now I'm primarily interested in trying to work what I have, what I know, down into a more lyrical line. You know, that's what I mean by beautiful, by more lyrical, so to be, you know, easy, so easily understood.
Watch for Pedro Show. Happy Monday. Start off the show with Carl Eric Lindgren on March 22nd, 1960, asking John Coltrane if he's trying to get a more beautiful sound. And then we had Crisis from the Oxys. Kind of connected. Kind of not. <laughs> a couple years in between, but music's music, people. And it's my great honor via those righteous Estonian software programmers with their Skype invention I got with me all the way from Austin. Brother Jason from the Oxys. Welcome aboard, Jason. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And we got to give a big uh, props to the Fly PR people for the Connect, correct? Yeah. Elka over at Fly PR. Yeah. Elka. Sister Elka. So, please bring, Jason, your earliest musical recollection. Uh, that would be <clears throat> my dad playing Elvis Presley for me. Whoa. The records, right? He didn't have yeah. a little version of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We used to, he used to spin Elvis records for me. And uh, now this pad you grew up in, was there musical instruments? Uh, yes, there, there, there was. Um, my, my mother played flute. Um, we had, you know, saxophone in the house. I had little toy guitars growing up and things like that. Did you I jump on had... that flute? Did you jump on that saxophone? <laughs> I did jump on the saxophone. I, <laughs> uh, I, I, ne I never touched the flute. Okay. Uh, so your mom played. Did your pop play? No, he didn't play, but... Um, played the record the, player with Elvis Presley on it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> his his great grandfather was a uh, a fiddle player. Or oh. my great my great grandfather. He was a fiddle player and he played bluegrass. So uh, he used to hand me down old guitars when I was a kid. Okay. Uh, first record you bought with your own money, please, Jason. Um, I think it was uh, Rock and Roll Over by Kiss. Oh, whoa. Okay. You know, it's a Watt for Pedro show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong answers. So don't worry. And, and the first gig you went and saw? Um, 1983, B.B. King. Whoa. My, my, my mom and dad took me to the show, and I was in uh, fourth grade. I'll tell you, one time I was on tour with Minuteman, and we see this black and gold bus. I think it was New Jersey pulled over the side of the road, and he's in the back working on the motor. Oh, wow. <laughs> Shows to go, you bitchin'. Mr. King. Okay, so what about school? Were you in the marching band or choir, shit like that? Yeah, I participated in a little bit of everything. I was in uh, I was in marching band. I played saxophone, like I said. Alto, I, I, tenor, baritone? Uh, you know, I started off playing alto sax. Yeah. And then I jumped to baritone sax for a while. Jerry Mullen. And tenor sax as well so i, I kind of bounced around okay okay yeah you, bass clef with that berry i'm in yeah in there with the bones and the tuba sousaphones and uh but a good experience great experience because i asked because some people said oh man it chased me away from music it's just the whole idea of being taught music you know and 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 what about after school? Not graduating, but in the afternoon, the bedroom band, the basement band, the garage band. Did you get into that? Yeah, I did. Um, you know, when I was younger, in in, in my teens, uh, I I would play in in various cover bands. You know, with with friends and stuff. I I grew up in a very small town, so it was really difficult to find other musicians. Where'd you find them at school? Uh, generally at school, yes. Yeah, 
And uh, so you look, me and D Boone, that's how we learned was copying off of records. So, yeah, okay. uh, but did they, were these just practice bands or did any of them play gigs? Uh, the, you know, every once in a while we would throw like a house party and, and we would invite all our friends and we would play for them. You know, Pedro, we called keggers. <laughs> <laughs> it's in the backyard. And at first the, the grass all dies, right? But then it grows back really bright green from all the pissing from the beer. Yeah. 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 <laughs> know about that. Okay. So, uh. In school, do you pursue playing, or, or that was just for school time? No, I I, I was I was playing all the time. Um, I mean, do I was, you want to take it like to higher education? Like I want to be in the, you know, symphony or something. No, there there were no aspirations of that at the time. You know, I was just playing, having a good time. Okay, uh, that was about it. What about songwriting? Song, you know, my style. That's. I, while I did covers, you know, I, I would constantly jam and, and try to write my own stuff all the time. Um, and what was the process? Did you have a tape recorder? Uh, you use your, your, your guitar and music yeah, comes back, first or what? Back then, I, I, I just had a tape recorder. I mean, I, I don't remember having access to anything really fancy. Yeah. So I would just sit down with the tape recorder and... and strum chords and then play it back and sing over it maybe or, or whatever and what about words did you have like a collection uh, like a notebook or something or did you write on demand like i need some words for this song right here no you know i didn't i didn't pursue the vocal angle of it hardly at all i just i wasn't into the singing i was into the guitar ah so it, it, you were writing instrumental stuff some of it i mean i, I would try to write vocals yeah, yeah of course I would, it just wasn't my thing you know uh of course, I write I write a lot now, you know, full songs with vocals and everything. But back then, I was just I was interested in guitar. I people always ask me like, "Oh, what's the third line of this song?" I'm like, "I have no idea." I'm not listening <laughs> to the singer. But you know what? Learning's a process. So no way, you know, you don't start pulling ollies when you get on the skateboard. I mean, you got that's right. You got to develop the shit. Yeah. So, uh, I'm curious. Uh, you said you're playing for people. Are these guys that you played with or just people like you met drummers, right? You met bass players. You met, now you said it was a, uh, a little town, so it was a small pool of people, right? Yeah. Yeah. So one of my, um, one of my best friends was a drummer ah. and, and so me and him would play together all the time. And, uh, he was, he was a very good drummer. Probably uh, practice so at his pad, right? Uh, yes, in in his parents' living room, as a matter of much fact. respect to them. <laughs> yeah, big props to them for sure. In the living room. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, they were they were very supportive. I tell you, a living living room story uh, as far as music goes. Rudy Van Gelder, you know the guy recorded all those jazz guys. His first studio was his folks' living room. John Coltrane recorded in your living room. All right. Wow. So. <laughs> It shows to go, you know. Uh, so, uh, so you guys had like a duet, drummer guitar thing going. Um, I mean, a lot of the time we did. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah it was my buddy Jim. He, he, me, and him, we we would do a lot of things together, and and we would just constantly. Well, you know what you I'm know, getting at. You know, I'm a little prejudiced towards the bass, so I'm wondering where you got your bass guy. <laughs> so we didn't have. 
we we had to get a bass player from a neighboring town. Whoa! Because we couldn't find anyone sure, in sure. our own town. So we we had a kid, and we I mean we were so young at this time. I would have to drive. I think I was sixteen. Yeah. I would have to drive over and pick him up and bring him to practice. And um, I, I think later on we we eventually found a kid in town, but he was he was older than us. Uh, but he he you know he brought some ideas to the table. Sometimes that ain't a bad thing. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody picks when they're born, you know. And and I I found out nowadays there's people of different ages playing together more and more, way more than the old days. So, you know, you, you got a situation, you got to make do with it, right? Yeah, for so sure. I, I'm into it. And does this band ever get a name? Yeah, uh, I believe the band was called Mrs. Fletcher. Mrs. Fletcher. And, and did Mrs. Fletcher? Do you remember the first Mrs. Fletcher gig? Yeah, it, it was. It was at my house. Uh, we built a stage in my driveway. Whoa! In the driveway. Oh yeah. Yeah, for the neighbors. All right. Well, I you know, like I said, I I lived outside of the city, so I uh. I, lived in, I lived in the country, so it was a free for all out there. Yeah, the neighbors are far. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, I, I mean, I remember we, we built the stage, we invited people. Actually, and... it's kind of tough to build a real stage, man, because it, it, it's, it looks a lot easier than it really is. Yeah. I think we had a pish posh of platforms and other stuff. We made it work. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I remember we invited, invited some people and, and a lot more people showed up than, uh, oh, so, than so it, was, it, was a, it was a success. Oh yeah. It was a big success. It All was, right. uh. My my parents, were, I remember them being a little nervous about the situation. Yeah, yeah, well, bitching, bitching. Look, you gave me this liars, betrayers, and spies. I like this.
Mott from Pedro Show. That chunk of music started off with the Oxys, doing Liars, Betrayers, and Spies. You know what? I, I was going to play Richard Hell and the Voidoids because he had a great song called Liars Beware. That They fit right in there, but I thought, no, let these cats have their own space. Then Boris from their new album. This is the last piece. It's called Epilogue, Infinite Corridor from Fade. Incredible record. Uh, Bondo after that, brand new from them. Pipe Cleaner. Annie Livingston, that's half a modem now, Balmar, with Blight Eyes 4, number 4. And Blight, people, not Bright. No Nebraska this time. Spotsky. Spot, he lived in uh, Austin a long time. And, it, and in fact, he played fiddle. And he called, but it was the bigger one, the a viola, so he called it a fiddola. Because he says, if you play it on your arm, it's a fiddle. If you play it up on your chin, yeah, it's a violin. But if it's on the arm, it's got to be, yeah. So we call it a fedola. <laughs> so that's Spotsky with former Michael Hayes. Great, too. Hidden Forces Trio with Raul Castizano out of España with Silver Singer Slingers. Yeah, he does good English, go. Robert Pollard. Yeah, Bob, you know, it's every other month, so there's a new album, right? <laughs> this cat. Love it. Hero Blows the Revolution. Date no how. And finally, Oxys with Voodoo Queen. Okay, what ends up with uh, Mrs. Fletcher? Uh, Mrs. Fletcher, uh, you know, we we played it in high school, and then we, uh, you know, everyone kind of after high school parted ways and and <laughs> left. It happens. Town. It happens, Jason. It happens. <laughs> yeah, but I'm curious. Was there? Uh, you guys were doing a lot of copies, but was there some Mrs. Fletcher originals? Not that I remember. I mean, we okay. were. So, what do you do we, after Miss Fletcher's demise? After Mrs. Fletcher's demise, I, I packed it up and went to college. What town? I went to college in Normal, Illinois. Ah. I went okay. to Illinois State University. Sure, sure. Yeah. I never got to play that, but one day I played the other one, Champagne Urbana one. Oh yeah, U- yeah. UI fighting oh. Illini. <laughs> it's so funny fighting Illini, and there's no Illini left. I guess right. you named the basketball team after. And then orange and blue, what colors, you know? But uh, I found out Illinois means up the river. Arkansas means down the river. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Trippy, huh? Uh, but but anyway, now you're at a college town, a bunch of cats your age. Bigger pool to draw from? You getting some more music with people? Yeah. Um, boy, it's such a hazy period for me. Um you know, I was playing in various bands. Uh, nothing I really recall. I mean, I don't even recall the names of them. I, I know the guys, but I, I just... Nothing nothing super relevant, you know? Now, now, did you still have your tape recorder and you were still composing on your own? Yeah, I did. By that time, I had acquired a four-track. Oh, yeah. Sound on sound. Yeah. So, so now I'm stepping it up a little bit. Yeah. That's Paul, uh, Mary Ford. I'm able to write uh, some more elaborate arrangements of sorts. Right. Um, you're you're doing, kind of I, making I, demos. Yeah, yeah. At that time, I was doing a lot of instrumental stuff. Okay. I was really uh, embracing the guitar, I guess you would say. So you would jam with people, but there was nothing like that stuck. Yeah, no. There, there, was, there was nothing that stuck at all. And... Uh, Obviously, you didn't stay in normal. No, I did not. I uh, I ended up 
later on moving to Austin. And in and Austin I, is where you put together uh, another band? Yeah, I put together a band in Austin. I guess before before I left Illinois, I was doing a, a band called Swamp Ass that was on Reptilian Records. <laughs> Swamp Reptilian. I just had a, a, that those cats uh, Salvation were on the show last week, and their they, their new albums on Reptilian. Whoa, small. World. Oh, right on. Yeah, small world. <laughs> yeah, so so that project uh, sounded <laughs> something you know in the ballpark. What, what, of, was it was it your band or is it some cats that you joined? No, it was, it was definitely uh, me and a couple friends who put this together. So I would say it was our project. Okay. Um, and it was very much uh, Dead Kennedys meet, meets Jesus Lizard kind of thing, I would say. Whoa, that's a trip. Yeah, yeah. But, but Mac, Mac uh, Jesus was a real drummer, right? Or did you use a, dr- a drum machine? No, we had a real drummer. Okay. Or like Screamers, you have a real drummer and a drum machine. <laughs> Actually, the drummer of, of Swamp Ass was the, the same drummer of Mrs. Fletcher, the, the kid that I grew up with. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So not everyone went their separate ways. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, we were still hanging. Yeah, eventually, eventually he, he he had some children and left the band. Yeah. So we, we got his little cousin to play drums for us, which was still a the family next best affair. thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and can you remember the first Swamp Ass gig? Oh man, uh, I I don't recall the first all right. Pass gig, but I it don't. did happen. It did happen. <laughs> yeah, no, we we played a lot of gigs, and did, and you guys recorded. Obviously, if you were on Reptilian Records, was that yeah. your, was that your first time in the studio? Yes, it, it it was. In terms of making a, a release like that, yeah. yes. What it was it like? What was it like for you? Um. It, it was awesome. I mean, I, I well, there's this it. thing. I mean, I still get it. It's called red light fever. It's like you prack all good and everything, then that red light comes on and you start clamming like a motherfucker. Yeah, no, it was great. I loved it. Um, oh, all right. I was just so excited and happy to be there at the sure, time sure. that I, I was having the time of my life when we recorded that record. You know, and, and again, we were in in central Illinois in small towns. And yeah, there was yeah. there wasn't a lot for studios there. Sure. Sure. So, um, you know, we, we tracked at a pretty simple, a pretty simple place. And, uh, yeah, th- no, that band was great though. That was the first band that, that I started touring in. Ah, I was going to got- ask you about that swamp ass toured, huh? Yeah. We got to play with some pretty big names. It was pretty awesome. Were they big tours like the whole country? Um, we did tour the country. Um, did you make it out to Cali? Were you in SoCal? We played in California a couple of times, I think. Um, I don't remember being in SoCal. I don't remember being south of L.A. Okay. Well, they call this part, you know, San Diego really is, that's 120 miles south. But, like, we call everything from Los Angeles south SoCal for some reason. Just like like San Francisco, they call NorCal. It's in the middle of the fucking state. (laughs) Right. <laughs> That's okay. Pay no attention to reality. We'll overthrow it with the concept. So anyway, you got your first torn under your belt with Swamp Ass. Was it the same thing with Miss Fletcher? People just left, got out of school, and they went on to different things? Um, yeah, the, the end of that one was just uh, I, I started playing with some other bands, and then I decided I wanted to, to leave the area. Go back to Austin. 
Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Austin for a while and then out to Santa Cruz and then back to Austin. Oh, you were in Cruise. Okay. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. A lot of good surfing there. Still love it. <laughs> a little cold for us, but it's good surfing. A lot of sea lions. And I bought my first Eden amplifier in Santa Cruz. Nice. Trippy, trippy town. Uh, so, so Santa Cruz, you went to Austin, the Santa Cruz, and then from Santa Cruz back to Austin? Yeah. Okay. I couldn't we, afford a house in Santa Cruz. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> I, you had nowhere in Cali, hardly. But but did you do any bands in Santa Cruz? I did not do any bands in Santa Cruz. Um, before leaving Austin, I was doing a band called Speed Dealer, which was... Oh, man, Ar I had those cats on the show. They were oh, yeah, called Ario awesome. Speed Dealer, right? The, that other band, the Champagne, Illinois band, made them change their name. Right, right, right. So I, I was playing with those guys for a while uh, before I moved to Santa Cruz and um, did some touring with them. And then when I moved to Santa Cruz, I was just hanging out and I, I wasn't touring or really playing music at the time. I was just enjoying the city. <laughs> yeah, Holden pattern. <laughs> yeah, yeah, one of those. I was still playing. I just didn't play with anyone or do much of anything. What about working the four track? What's that? Oh, the four track. Yeah. You know, I, I, not even that. I would Whoa. take the acoustic. I would take the acoustic guitar down to the beach from time to time. Okay. What's it called? Town Lake. Yeah, there's a town lake. Yeah, it's really uh, San Jacinto. <laughs> yeah, but it's just a, a wider part. For some reason, they call lake people. <laughs> Look, Jason, we're at the end of the first hour. I love Austin, no, no problem. Sweaty summers, though, but tough people. December 12, 2022, Tisha Waffer Peter Show special guest, Jason from the Oxys. Hold tight for hour two. December 12, 2022, second hour, Watt for Pedro Show. <laughs>
summer rain Come wash away my tears Summer rain Make the mirror disappear Remember the night you told me you loved me Eyes wide open thrilling me softly Summer rain It's a mesmerizing flood Come when it may All in black And in gray Remember the night You told me you loved me Eyes wide open Naked above me I give it then You take it away Hey, hey, hey Summer
Five stars are around symphonic Mountain travels so deadly while the peak Can still know I'm collectively unique Careful that you wish, blend what you see
Scott from Pedro Show. Start off the second hour. The Oxys with Motel Hell. There was a band, maybe a new wave band uh, back in the 80s. And, and, yeah. Or was it Bates Motel? No, that's uh, Psycho, Tony Perkins. Yeah, mix everything up a lot. Black, Black Dahlia after that with Summer Rain. Black from uh, The Doors. He's got a show celebrating this new character called Rick Champagne. Adam Trumbo after that. Watch the Rain. The Hellbians out of Brighton, England with Stories Got Legs. Samuel Lockward, Iowa City, Iowa, with Robot Boy, Bombas Predator from D.C. area, the Ben Dipso Rim, and then finally the Oxys with Machine Gun. Okay, you've been waiting for this, right? Tell me, how how'd the Oxys get going? Um, the Oxys got going, um, I guess it was 2018, I, I was doing the um, 40th anniversary tour with the Dead Boys, and that came to a halt. And I was in town, and you're talking Austin, Cheetah, right? What's that? Cheetah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Austin has this thing called Punk Rock Lottery once a year around around this, the beginning of December, where people uh, throw their name in a hat, they pull names out of the hat, they they make bands, you know, they assign a bass player to a, a band, a guitar player, drummer. And then you have that group has uh, a couple weeks to write a set. And then you go to the local club and everyone performs their sets and they have judges and it's a, it's a competition kind of thing. I did one of those in uh, Echo Park, like East Hollywood, but we only had that one day. Oh, wow. <laughs> It was Patty Schmiel, I remember, from uh, Hole was on the drums. But, yeah, you had to get all the shit together for the gig that night. Like, you came in at noon. And then, yeah, Charlie Overby was on the guitar. And I can't remember, the, uh, a few other young people. But it was so trippy. You, you just meet. So, so you tell me Oxy's kind of come out of this? Well, I, so from the, the in the previous years, I'd been songwriting like crazy. And um, so I, I was sitting on, on this just a lot of songs. So when I, I, we get together and I get my band for this competition, I throw in a couple of my songs. I'm like, Hey, here's, here's some song ideas. If you guys want to uh, work on these or whatever. And the, the singer that was assigned to that band sends me back a demo of the songs I had sent him with vocals on it. And I was like, Oh wow. I, I like this guy's voice. This guy sounds great. And so I texted him. I'm like, hey, would you be interested in doing some more songs? So I just I just kept feeding him songs. And he would send me back vocals, vocal ideas for my songs. Well, I got to ask you, how'd the gig go? We won. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> yatta, yatta. Okay, so you not only win the competition, you win a singer for the Oxys. Yeah, right? It was wonderful. What, what about the other cats? Did they uh, remain with you or did you find other people? So basically what happened was I, I call I, I called a drummer that I that I knew um, that I really liked his style and thought it would work well with us. And so I tracked everything in advance, all the bass parts, the guitar parts, the key parts and everything. And then we took those into the studio and the drummer 
played along to those and then filled it, put his vocals on top of them. So that's how the first record was made. Uh, so you, you, you kind of played to a click track? Yes, we did play and, to a and, click and, track. And, and, and you said bass and keyboard, so you learned how to do them too? Yes. Yeah, bitching. Why not? Fuck, let Freak Flag fly. Yeah. And your singer man just did the singing, right? Okay. Yes. But that, that's trippy. That, that's a good drummer who can do that, put a good feel at playing the click. Well, so it's like with with the drums. What I do yeah. are our songwriting. Uh, you know, I now I've I've upgraded to pass my four track to a computer, so I can use, you know, uh, different. I, I can write the drum parts too, uh, sure. using d- various drum plugins and stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, there's pads and stuff, so you can play with your hands, and you know. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. Uh, Mike Baguette is doing this with the new MSSV stuff. Look, uh, I want to play this tune that you gave me. Rock and Roll Eyes. Days. 
Watch for Pedro Show. That chunk of music. Start off with the Oxys. Doing rock and roll eyes. Then Plus Dog Plus with Emo. Noisuka after that. The Five. No, Ther Five. Hmm, T-H-E-R. Ther? Ther Five? Yeah, might be a... Uh, what do you call that? Phonetic thing. Yeah. Uh, enter the Chloral Blast Damping from Rubber O Cement. Chip Kimmon. Chip Kimmon used to play uh, with the Dills. And then uh, yeah, but his brother and Alondro, uh, rank and file. They lived in Austin for a little while. Chip Kimmon. Now, now he's playing uh, synthesizer stuff. It's uh, Let's Go, Dark Shark. The Uni and the Urchins, brand new. Subhuman Suburbia. Ray Shin out of Reno with Past the Betrayal slash Future of Fear. And finally, the Oxys with Anxieties. Okay, so you talked about the first album. The stuff we're playing is the ne- next album, right? Uh, I think one of the, one of the tracks that uh, I had them send you was a track from our upcoming album. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Which one was that? Um, I think we sent over a song called "Ticking Time Bomb." That's the last song I'm going to play of the show today. So all this stuff was the first stuff done, people. This is what when the drummer played to the rest of the music. I think like when Prince and Dave Grohl, Stevie Wonder made their records where they played everything, they started with drums and then piled everything on top of it. And you went the other way. That's really interesting. But see, people, you can do anything. Try whatever. See what works. There is no one way. There's 10 million paths because there's 10 million people doing it. That's my opinion. So when you get done this album, you want to play gigs with it, but you only got, well, you got a drummer, you got a singer, and you got yourself. Well, I didn't even want to play gigs with it. I just wanted to keep making. Oh, like the like the Dan, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I, all I wanted to do after we finished the first record, yeah. we were we were we were making the second record. Okay, really? Okay, yeah, that quick, that quick. And and what about the name? When did you come up with Oxys? Um, you know, it was just one of those situations where where uh, me and the singer were bouncing band name ideas off each other and uh for whatever reason we we'd like that one <laughs> in a different era people might have thought it was oxygen <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> right right and okay so you don't want to do gigs but do you eventually do to get do gigs um eventually uh we're i mean we're st- we're working on the third record now but uh yeah, we played uh we played a Halloween show in Austin at um I did I didn't want to play at the uh the typical clubs yeah. you know in, in town I, I played them a lot so uh I booked a show at a donut shop. <laughs> and yeah, so we played downtown at, at Voodoo Donut. Ah, vo- yeah, the first one was up in Portland. Yeah, like, yeah, like yeah. Pepto Pepto Bismol. <laughs> well, I called. I called a promoter friend, and I'm like, "Hey, are you still booking down here?" He's like, "No, I'm working the overnight shift at Voodoo Donut." I'm like, "You think we can play a show in there?" And uh, he said, "Yeah, sure." So I, I think the know, guy we, who started the company. That and, I think the guy who started the company is a cat named Trey, because he used to come to my gigs up in Portland, and somebody made a portrait of D Boone and gave it to me. He comes to his gig. It must have weighed a hundred pounds. It was made out of bottle caps. <laughs> so when you got up close, it was like a buttload of bottle caps. But then as you got back, whoa, you could see there's D Boone. 
Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I know. But he's a cat, and I guess they're in, in a few towns now. Okay. But I remember they had one donut that had, like, Pepto-Bismol pink kind of icing <laughs> stuff. A lot of trippy things. How was that? How'd that gig go? Uh, it was interesting. It's uh, it's Halloween night, of course. Yeah. So, and it's downtown. Uh, you know, most <laughs> most of my friends avoid that area at all costs on Halloween because it's, it's so frat, cluttered. The yeah. streets closed. Sixth Street frat boy scene, right? So it was interesting. Um, there were people there. There were people. A lot of people in and out. Now, um, now, the, no stage, right? You're playing around the deck. No, we're they, they have a small stage in there when, oh, they, whoa. when they so when they bought when they bought or leased that building or whatever there used to be a bar in there oh, okay. and they they just left their small stage in there sure. repurposed it yeah. yeah so uh we played on that okay and uh that that's wild look it can happen anywhere we're at the end of the second hour December 12 2022 dish Peter so special gig Special guest, Jason from the Oxys. Hold tight for hour three. December 12, 2022. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
I guarantee if you call a take four, then it'll be perfect. You're rolling on take four.
Watt from Pedro Show. Start off third hour with Oxy's doing premeditated. Ellis Swan with Puppeteers Tears. Uh, Soft White Underbelly. This is the band, the band that became a Blue Oyster Cult, people. With M- Mothra. Electra Sessions Devils. Maxime Funka. After that, with Every Kind Word. Dama Aria. Brand new uh, La Nueva Era. And finally, Oxy's with What Do You Have? So, uh, first album, second album, is there a difference in the way it's made? No, no, we got a formula that works. Well, and you mean it's gone on to the third record, same thing. So you're coming up with tunes, you feed them to the singer, he he comes up with the melody lines from your your stuff. Does he write the spiel? Or, or, Or you write the music and spiel? It, it depends. I mean, okay. there there are some tracks that I write everything. Yeah. And then there are some tracks where he writes the vocals. Okay. For example, uh, premeditate, premeditated. Yeah. So I wrote everything on that song. Whoa. Okay. Now, when you give him the t- uh, the words, are you you're singing them as the melody too, right? Yeah, no, I, I perform them and record them and then send them to him. No, but that's what I meant. That's why, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. So I yeah I have a demo version of, of me singing that song as well. Okay, okay, and but then he takes it from there. Yeah, almost like uh, yeah, uh, scriptwriter for the scene. Like you you write the scene up and and then what? And and is it the same thing? You you get all the instruments together, then you bring drumming in. Yeah. When you did that gig at, at Voodoo Donuts, did you have a bass player? Yeah, I do. The um, the bass player came in on the second album, and he he just learned the parts that I had written, yeah. and and he came in and played them. You know, I wanted to be inclusive, I guess. <laughs> well, so, let's let's really be inclusive and, and say his name, and also who's Drummy's name, who's singer's name. So the the singer is, is his name is Phil Davis, and the uh, bass player is Gabriel Van Asher, and I had played with Gabriel and. Um, other projects prior to this one. Okay. And drummy? Uh, Rob Williamson is the drummer. Okay. And uh, uh, how far are you along with the third? It's almost done. Okay. <laughs> Second album's just coming out. So you'll, you'll have this guy almost done. You're probably going to release it next year. The second album will be out in May of 2023, I believe, is when it's scheduled. And then the third record, we there's no date for that one yet. Right, right. Well, it's, it's spread out a little bit. but and, and what is it? You just, like, because you said you were sitting doing no music for a little while. Did just all the stuff start coming through? Yeah, so, you know, yeah, when I moved back from Santa Cruz to Austin, I started playing in um, a band called Bulimics. Uh, Bulimics had been around Austin since 1996, I believe. Um, so I started playing a lot of shows with them. Um, and th- things kind of took a weird turn for me. I guess it would have been 2013 or 2014. Uh, I was doing a, a, it was a Halloween show at a club called Red Seven here in town. And oh, I know Red Seven. Yeah, so I, I for it used for to Halloween, be uh, bar- Barracudas. Barracuda, yeah, same room. Um, so 
we did a, a tribute night. They do cover nights on Halloween. So I, I put together a Dead Boys tribute band. And uh, next thing I know, it was South by Southwest and some clubs had called me and asked me to do the Dead Boys tribute thing again or for whatever reason. And I called Cheetah Chrome and said, hey, you want to sit in with us? And he, he he accepted, so he came and was playing shows with us, and then uh, I somehow ended up in his solo band, um, and then things just kind of started escalating for me musically at that time. And it got you like spurred on to uh, songwriting and stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Nothing, no better gift one musician can give to another one to inspire him to do more music. I believe. Yeah, I was definitely. I mean. I, w- I was having such a great time with it. Uh, you know, when I started playing with Cheetah, we used to to write, you know, songs and together and stuff. And then, you know, I would, on my own individually, I, w- I would spend a lot of time writing. And for so for the next four or five years, I was just in a constant state of, of writing music. All right, bitchin'. Thank you, Brother Cheetah. Here, I want to play this uh, Ain't No Life. What was it? Ain't It Fun, right? Peter... Uh... Peter Lochner. Yeah, Lochner. Lochner, yeah, yeah.
Shit, no one's gonna buy a stereo. What kind of brother are you anyway, huh? Listen to that shit. All right, look, Jerry. No, 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 you look. I gave you a job here because, you know, I thought your acting stuff might bring some nice pussy into the place. And it has, but I can't have any more fuck-ups. You dig?
Live from Pedro Show, last music for this edition. Start that chunk off with the Oxys doing Ain't No Life. Then uh, brand new from Mio Chino. Mio Chiono, sorry. Italiano, correct there. Disobedience. Lumming the Texas home wreckers. <laughs> They're out of Fukuoka, Japan. But they got a gaijin guy leading them. I guess he's a little homesick. I think he's from Portland, Oregon, though. Anyway, puking at your wedding once again. Yeah, must be tender love song, right? Paranoid State from Holland after that with You, you Will Never Know. And finally, this is off the second record, people. Oxys with Ticking Time Bomb. So, yeah, uh, Mickey, Joey's, uh, uh, Joey Ramone's brother, does a, in New York City, at the, it used to be the Ritz. Uh, it's got another name now, but Anyway, uh, he does a benefit there for lymphoma, right? Because that's what killed Joey. And when the 40th anniversary came around of the first Ramon album, he asked me and Clem Burke to be the rhythm section. So Clem come down. He lives in the Val now here. And he come down to Pedro and Prac with me a couple times a week. And we got that motherfucker. It was actually kind of hard, man. The Ramones, you know? Trippy music. Interesting. Not not really blues based. Uh, but it was righteous learning all the stuff and everything. Beautiful stuff. I guess Dee Dee wrote, wrote most of them. Anyway, we get to the pad. And they even got, got the producer there, the guy who produced the album. He's playing keyboard. Well, Cheetah's up there, and he didn't learn any of the tunes. I think he thought he was just going to jam. <laughs> you know, people say it's easy music, and, you know. Yeah, there's not a lot of chords. But I tell you, there's more chords in some songs, man. It's a song like TVI is one chord, Fauna House, you know. Lime and the Coconut. So there's a couple chords in Ramon. Anyway, there was a young kid there who knew the tunes. And I know Cheetah felt a little, little embarrassed because you can't just jam remotes. <laughs> you got to know. <laughs> you got to do some practice. But I love that guy so much, you know. And I felt I felt a little, a little bad for him there. But, yeah, I don't know what he was thinking. He was going to get out there. <laughs> hey, is this one an E? <laughs> uh, but I love the guy. I love the guy. One time I remember playing in Indiana. And his Indianapolis, and his uh, he was remember his ma at the time. It said, and there was a gig above a Chinese chow pen. And he came there, and man, I'm not saying he had bad breath, but he yeah, knock a buzzard off shit way. <laughs> <laughs> turn, turn the windmill on an old Dutch painting. <laughs> ah, he's beautiful. I love him. I love him, and I'm and, and you know, and he st- he went through a lot of hell and shit, and he still stayed in the ring, man. He's a survivor. So that's beautiful. You got to play with him. And then he inspired you to help you with your oxy stuff. So you're saying the MO is the same as the first record, second record, and the third record. Are you are you gonna yeah. are you gonna go out and tour? I know you don't wanna, but uh yeah, I mean eventually that's gonna happen. Um we're 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 starting to to play some shows here in town. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Um, you know, it just before we get, went out on tour, though, I felt like we really needed to, to try to establish the name yeah, and, and, yeah. Get, and get our music out there. Yeah. I mean, there's so many ways of going at music. Why why do the rerun thing? Yeah. You know? And, and especially if you're in a situation where you can pick your fights, you know? Why, why yeah. not establish the oxys? And uh, I think you got to... Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, we're everywhere. We're across all the platforms. No, all but the... just, like, I know. 
what I th- uh, the metaphor I use is like uh, telephone poles and your AT and T and you know big corporate things and you're stapling your fires up on them. But do you have your own website? Because that's kind of like having your own fancy. Yeah, we do. Um, I think it's theoxys.com. Okay, people. T h e o x y s dot com. Mm-hmm. Go there, and they probably got links to all those commercial things and stuff. And, and uh, catch them out, listen to him. And uh, so you're saying May the second record comes out. Yes. And, and what's the label? Is it Rip? It's not Reptilian. Uh, is Deadbeat it? Records. Deadbeat. Uh, okay. Deadbeat Records, people. Oxys in May. But is it the first album already out on them? Yes. The first album came out on uh, October 28th through Deadbeat Records. Oh, wow. Just a, like a month and a half ago. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow, you know, after doing it a while, you got this, you got a little little handle on it. So, because pretty intense, you getting this together like this. I'm I'm, I'm very impressed, Jason. Much respect. Uh, uh, but when that third record comes out, will you come back on the show and we can play it and talk about it? I would love to. Ah, beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much, people. It's been December twelfth, twenty twenty two edition. What Pedo Show King? Your powder dry.